0: We're in this series called Pursue Always, and um, it is a, an aspect of our church that is like a big uh, nugget of what we're all about. It's it's the one of the brand promises of our church that we are literally living lives in pursuit of God's very best. And I want to read this passage that we've been working out of for a few weeks in Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi and starts in verse 12. He said, Not that I've already obtained or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I don't regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God that's in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. If in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. So this idea of pursue always that you find in this passage of The Apostle Paul, the way he thought about life is, one, he's saying, I just haven't arrived yet. And here is a guy uh, who has accomplished so much but recognizes, I'm still going to stay curious. I'm still going to be a learner. I haven't arrived yet. Then the idea of keep pressing on. Then the idea of moving past your past, letting your past go and forgetting it, leaving behind, getting healed of your past. And then the idea of always reaching forward. I want to focus in on uh, this one verse and an idea that's in this verse, Philippians 3.12. He says, not that I've already obtained it or already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. I want to talk about this idea of recognizing and cooperating with God's call on your life. He says, I want to lay hold of something that I was laid hold of for. Today, I want to focus on this idea. Who you are, what you do, and how to get there. Who you are, what you do, and how to get there. And I want to talk about um the con a couple of concepts today. One is the concept of your identity, who you are. Who do you think you are? We just sang a great song that I am who you say I am, but your identity, then you're gifting what you've been gifted to do, what you do. And then I want to talk about about embracing the grace of God, how you get there. So Paul is saying in this passage, Jesus laid a hold of me. Now I'm reaching out to lay a hold of that, the fact that he laid hold of me. When this idea gets real inside of us, it it gives us this sense, this attitude of destiny, like I am destiny destined for something. It's not just me trying to slug it out and make a place for myself on this planet, but it's a recognition that I am destined by God. I am created and I am gifted to fulfill a specific purpose in life. So Paul had this this revelation that seemed to ground his life, that Jesus laid a hold of him for a reason. There is a reason for you being around. <laughs> you were born on purpose for a purpose. No matter how you came in to the uh, the earth, this is this is God's plan for every single person to recognize that my life has a reason for existence that i have a call on my life that there is a sense of purpose about why i am i am here i am destined for something and and then really knowing getting an idea of what it is and if you look at the apostle paul you see that this idea of, of destiny of Jesus got a hold of my life, and I'm reaching for that all the time. It kept him on track. Uh, no matter what kind of difficulties he went through, he stayed on track. No matter what, what successes he experienced, he stayed on track. No matter what kind of misunderstandings were going on around him, he stayed on track. You know, whether, whether he prospered or whether he went without, he stayed on track. When the sea was calm, he stayed on track. When the sea was troubled, he stayed on track. There is something powerful and amazing and beautiful and so uh, important to recognize that you have an assignment on this planet, that you are guided by a vision that says, I'm not just responding to today's set of circumstances. I'm not just responding to the fact that it's 26 flipping degrees outside. I'm still going to do the will of God. I want to lift your thinking because we don't want to just blindly, numbly go through the motions of life. You know, there's some people, you would ask them, how's things going? Oh, uh, just hanging in there. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. And I understand you do need to take it one day at a time. But I think that there would be too many people who are just going through the motions. Yeah. They don't know where they're headed. They don't know what, they, what they're living for. They, they're, they're just trying to keep the bills paid the best they can. But I want you to know that God has something more for your life than just paying the bills. That there's there's purpose. Uh, and there, He's got a hold of you for a reason. Uh, I love this idea. Jesus was talking about this in John chapter 5, verse 36. He says, The witness which I have is greater than that of John. So he says, The works which the Father has given me to accomplish, these are the very works that I do. They bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. I love this idea that Jesus was fixed on a course. And he says, I'm I'm about the works that the Father has given me to accomplish. Those are the works that I'm going to be involved in. He recognized that the Father had sent him with a mission. And that he says, I've been equipped for this mission. I've got the gifting for this mission. And the things that the Father has gifted me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And the thing that Jesus did so well is... Jesus never let himself get sidetracked or hijacked by distractions that came into his life. He, he said, I am not, not going to get distracted. I'm not going to get hijacked uh, it, by anybody else's agenda for me. I am going to live for the purpose of God for my life. Because even in the next chapter, in uh, John chapter uh, 6... The Bible says Jesus perceived that they were intending to come and take him by force to try to make him king. So he pulled away and withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. He he recognized that their move to make him king was not born out of the right motive. He recognized that they had an agenda that was for him that wasn't the father's agenda for him. And when you can start to identify your assignment, when you start to locate your gifting and your identity and the grace that's on your life, you can start to live a life on purpose. You can live the kind of life that Paul had talked about where he said, I am laying hold of the thing that Jesus laid a hold of me for. I don't think it all starts with a sense of identity. It starts with knowing who you are and letting, letting your life come out of this sense of, of identity. I think Jesus stuck to who he was. If you remember the story when Jesus was tempted by the devil at the beginning of his ministry, three different times The enemy came and tried to knock him off course, tried to question his identity. The enemy says, if you are the son of God, then do this stuff. And a lot of times, that's what the enemy would do to you and I, question your connection to God. Question your identity if you are the son of God, if you're such a good Christian, if you are really a believer and the the enemy tried to get him to to fudge on his assignment so the enemy says to him if you're the son of god why don't you uh change these stones into bread Well, if you're the son of god uh why don't why don't you take a look at all the kingdoms of the earth i'm gonna i would give them to you now jesus knew he was sent to take over the kingdoms of the earth but not like that. If you're the son of God, prove how spiritual you are by jumping off this cliff and let the angels catch you. Jesus had his identity and his assignment challenged by the devil. Guess what? That's exactly what you're going to go through. When the enemy will come against you to try to knock you off course and knock you off in your relationship with God or knock you off on your assignment. But I'm here to tell you today you have been given a God-given identity and a God-given assignment. You, you are called to be you and do what only you can do. No one else can be you. No one else can fulfill your call in life. I, I believe this about every person in this room. I believe this about our church. Our church is called to be and do what only our church can do. There's no other... We're not better or we're not less than any other church, but we are called to be who we are called to be. We are called to fill an assignment. No other church could do what we do. No other church could fill our call. Nobody else could do what you do. Nobody else can fill your call. There's a person that you were born... To be. There's a calling that you are born to fulfill. And I think this idea of at least recognizing uh, that I am a unique, called, on purpose individual that God has brought into this planet for a reason. Identity is a huge issue. <laughs> you know, and it, I think it's got to be resolved within us it, and continue to be resolved throughout our entire life. Who I am has to proceed, what do I do? When you get your identity squared away, then you can figure out what you're supposed to be doing. It, all of us get asked this, right? When you meet someone, you get their name, and then eventually the question comes up, well, what do you do? And, you know, it's easy to respond, you know, I'm a pastor, or I sell insurance, or I fix cars, or I'm a doctor, or, I'm a lawyer, whatever you are. But I, I had to recognize this because the identity thing cannot just be resolved by what you do. Right? So, I am a pastor, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that have opinions about what I should be doing. Hello. And what would make me unique for the purpose that God has for my life is I got to know who I am. Not just I'm a pastor, but I also, I, this is my, my sense of identity. I'm a mindset changer. I'm a mindset expander. Uh, I'm a kingdom entrepreneur. Don't put me in your little box, right? Uh, I'm I'm an enlargement (laughs) mediator. Uh, I'm a behavior and motivation change specialist. And you got to get that kind of... You can't just let somebody put you in a, in a box by what you do. You gotta bring, you get it? You gotta bring who you are to what you do. So we're just singing this song. I am a child of God. I am a man of God. I am a woman of God. I, I, I am a people lifter. I am an opportunity finder. Come on, I am a prophetic visionary. I am a potential developer. I am a relationship connector. (laughs) Identity precedes purpose. And when you start to get this clear idea of who you are in Him. So I bring all of that stuff to my assignment. So I bring that to being a pastor. I bring that to going to the nations and training leaders I I bring that to my children. And now I bring that to my grandchildren. I bring that to my friends. God has designed an extraordinary life for you. Let me try that again. God has designed an extraordinary life for you. And you gotta, you got to be careful about the perspective you let yourself hold to live life by. Because if you choose a perspective, and I'm not, I'm not asking anybody to get into pride, but what I am saying, if you choose a perspective, oh, I'm just nobody really, I just kind of make it through the day hope I don't mess up too bad. If you you let that perspective run your life, you're never going to be able to fulfill purpose in life. You got to be careful about the perspective you choose to live life by because eventually you're going to start adjusting your life to fit your perspective. So God's perspective is, I chose you. I'm making you into something extraordinary. I'm making your life into something extraordinary. And I want you to lay a hold of that. I want you to pursue that. I want you to go after that. I think one of the perspectives that is important to carry is this, is that my life on planet Earth is pretty short, but I'm living for an eternal life. I'm I'm making decisions about who I am and what I do and how I get there not just based on temporary circumstances of life on planet earth but I'm living for eternity. You know they used to have this thing, I don't see it as much anymore, but this idea of think global, act local. It's still good thinking. I think it's good to have this idea. Think eternal, but live now. (laughs) But could you shift into an extraordinary life of vision and purpose, right? Could you be enabled by a sense of destiny that it's not just you trying to slug out a place on this planet. But Jesus has gotten a hold of you for a reason, and you can live not in pursuit of getting people to like you, not in pursuit of a dollar, not in pursuit of fame, but if you could get an idea, Jesus has got a hold of my life and there is something that, it's not just me at work, it's God at work. And I think this pursue always attitude, recognizes recognizes there's, there's a God factor in my purpose in life. I was created and gifted and given an assignment for a reason. God did not have one of you. That's why he created you. You have a unique voice. You have a unique set of giftings. You have this unique personality thing. (laughs) You have only your own fingerprint. Nobody else has that. Nobody else has your voice. And God has chosen you. I love this verse in Ephesians chapter 2. I'll get there in a minute. For we are his workmanship, verse 10, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, it's a recognition. I'm not trying to make a place for myself in this world. God has created a space for me. And I'm my pursuit is to lay hold of the space that God has created. I don't know if that helps you as much as it helps me. <laughs> but... The discovery and development of God's unique call on your life, that's the path of growth for your entire life. The the sovereign God has already prepared a great life for you, a life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life on assignment. He's prepared a great life for you. I love this passage in the message, but Ephesians 2, starting in verse 8. Listen to this. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role if we did we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join Him in the work He does, the good work He's gotten ready for us to do, work we'd better be doing. I love this idea. He's saying, entering into salvation is so beyond our own goodness, our own strength, our own capacity. Ephesians tells us that we were dead in trespasses and sins. And the only way to enter in to salvation is embrace the gift and In this passage, he's telling us the same way you embrace the gift of salvation, you embrace the gift of purpose. So, whatever God has called you to do, whoever God has called you to be, the truth is, it's as beyond you as salvation is beyond you. Here's the here's the thing about having a God given dream and a God given vision. It's always beyond you. (laughs) Sometimes, like I think vision is fantastic, but sometimes it's like it it's beyond you to save yourself. And here's what the Bible says. Salvation comes by grace through faith. So grace gives it. Faith receives it. And this passage is telling us fulfilling your purpose in life comes by grace through faith. Grace gives it. It's a gift. Faith receives it. And my job, your job, is to trust in, (laughs) rely on, cling to God because it's God's job to do God's job and it's my job to trust. I, I I like what Dallas Willard said. He said, grace is not opposed to effort, but it is opposed to earning. That's good thinking right there. You don't earn your ministry. You receive your ministry. You, you, don't, you don't earn your space in the world. You receive the space that God has ordained for you. When I think about this, the word gift in the Greek language, it's literally, it's charisma. You get, that's where you get the idea of charismatic. But charisma is charisma. It's, charis is the Greek word for grace. So every gift that you have is given to you by the grace of God. And faith apprehends what grace is given. Your gift, your ministry... Your purpose, your assignment, it's not earned, it's received. What's impossible to me is quite possible with God. Your dream will always feel like it's beyond your own capacity. (laughs) That's how you know it's a God-given dream. The sovereign God who's full of kindness, who's rich in mercy, who, who's great in love, who's abundant in grace, if, if he can sovereignly save me. I, I, look at, I look at the family I was born and raised in, and I'm sometimes I wonder, why did I get saved? There was was no church background, spiritual background of any kind. Why did God pick me out of that? If God can sovereignly save, then God can sovereignly fulfill purpose in your life. Surely He can sovereignly work out what he has prepared beforehand for your life. That's why I want to encourage you to have the Apostle Paul's mentality. I am reaching to take hold of the reason that he took hold of me. He didn't just save me so I could go to heaven. He saved me so I could fulfill purpose on the planet. And this, this passage in Ephesians 2, it says, "We are his workmanship. He's, he's working on us. <laughs> sometimes that's fun, sometimes it's not. but he's crafting something fantastic out of your life. You know whenever whenever you see a painting that's been painted by someone who's extremely talented, or whether you see something that's built by somebody who's an ultimate craftsman, or you see something that someone, a piece of music that's played by someone who's just super talented, when you see that, when somebody's ultimate at what they do, you expect it to be exceptional. You expect it to be beautiful. You, you, you expect it to have great design and just, it has this special touch. Come on, you are God's workmanship. He is making something special out of your life, something unique, something beautiful out of your life because there's, there's something great that God has deposited in you. It's what makes you who you are. It's the gifting that's in your life. And he's working on us to get it out. There's a spirit of greatness in you. Your greatness is found in your gifting. You're created in God's image. And he's a great God. And there's something in you That people need. There's something in you that I could never fulfill. And there's something in me that you could never fulfill. You you literally are God's most valuable resource. 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Come on, Popeye, that's that's all that I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. I think the goal for all of us is to find out What has God gifted you to do? And then be that person. I don't know if you look around and you think, oh, well, they're gifted, they're gifted, but I'm not. But you are. You you are uniquely qualified for a unique contribution that no one else could make. And your gifting, it may be that you have people skills. It may be that you are technical. It may be that you are administrative. It may be that you are a party animal. But your gifting... Somebody said, that administrative wasn't working for me. Thank you for the party animal. But your gifting is your greatest contribution to the planet. It's your greatest contribution to the purpose of God, to to the people of God. And I think when you start to get in this posture, if you don't know who you are, and if you don't like who you are, you're always going to be borrowing somebody else's personality or somebody else's style or somebody else's ministry because you, it, it's hard to embrace you. Comparison is arguing with the grace of God in your life. Comparison is looking at other people saying, oh, I wish I had their whatever, and not recognizing the grace and the gifting and the identity that you have. I think it's, I think it's a strong place to get to when you go, by the grace of God, I am what I am. <laughs> and I understand that I'm not able to do everything, and that is perfect. I, I like this quote from Maya Angelou. She said, My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive, and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. Success is liking yourself Liking what you do and liking how you do it. Come on, somebody. You were created on purpose, for a purpose. And just like the Apostle Paul, you find that purpose when you find yourself in Christ. I want to pray with you this morning. I want you to bow your heads, please, and I want you to close your eyes and let's just pray together. Father, I'm praying for every person that has maybe downgraded their uniqueness, downgraded the call of God that's on their life, maybe compared to others and just felt like, well, who am I and what can I offer? I am praying right now for uh, open eyes and open heart and open hands to receive that unique assignment, anointing that you have put on each one of us. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you've never just surrendered your life to Jesus. I I would love to pray with you. Or maybe you're in this meeting And you used to be close to God, but you're not where you used to be. You've drifted, or you've gotten distracted, or you know that you're just not where you could be or should be. And I'm gonna ask everybody in the room just to hang with us for a minute. This is a super important moment. We're gonna all be done in a few minutes together, but this is a vital moment. Maybe you're here today and you don't feel confident about your relationship with God. And that's where it all starts. That's what the enemy questioned on Jesus. If you're the son of God. And I want to pray with you today. Maybe you're going to surrender to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you're going to come back. Or maybe you're just going to go, I want to know for sure. Pastor, would you pray with me? Nobody's looking around. But if that describes you. And you say, include me in this prayer. I want you to lift your hand real high right now. God bless you. Come on, anybody else all over the room, just lift your hand. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else that just wants to say yes, just wants to surrender, just wants to make sure you're right, God bless you. Anybody else? Thank you. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. This is for everyone who lifted their hand, but I love it when we all pray it together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and to your lordship I need you I want you in my world as my lord I know I've sinned I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness today is a great day it's a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.